0: And his gospel is good news. If anything's ever been presented to you as it relates to the gospel that wasn't good news, then I don't think it was the gospel. Amen. Because the gospel is good news, it's what it means. I don't know why it is that we want to resist and fight a god that loves us, a a God that has done all kinds of different things for us. He sent his son, Jesus Christ, to to die on a cross. He rose from the dead, and now he's seated at the right hand of God. And you know what he's doing right now? He's not twiddling his thumbs. He's not just sitting around. The Bible says he's forever living to make intercession for you and me. Woo! He's praying for you right now. Look at the person next and say, man, you need prayer. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Well, we're starting a series this morning. We're calling it For He Will. For he will, and I, my heart is, my hope is that uh, in these next couple of Sundays, uh, uh, as we present the Word of God, that it's going to bring some change into your life. But before we do that, I want to have a Jeopardy moment, <laughs> a Jeopardy moment. So here's the question: What are Olivia and Liam? People, their names. What else? That would be ah, ah. close. What? what baby names stars? what are what we'll oh yeah but that's not it <laughs> <laughs> Most baby names. where'd that go where'd that come from they're what Most baby names. in what year would the last year be 2020 You're really close. Ding, 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 ding. These are the most popular baby names of 2021. Give our contestant a great big hand. You won absolutely nothing except bragging rights. You can go home and tell me, I got the right answer in church. And the answer wasn't Jesus. (laughs) <laughs> and we also have these are the other most popular baby names. If, if you're with child uh, and you're wondering what it is that you might want to call your baby, whether it's a girl or boy, those are some of the most, those are the actual top five boy and girl names uh, uh, that are out there right now. And uh, so that was my public service announcement to those of you who might be anticipating children or not. It might be a Christmas surprise to you as well. Honey, I have, I have a surprise for you. <laughs> ah! No, all right, sorry. All right. <laughs> all right. You know, there's a lot that goes into, how many of you have ever had the privilege of naming one of your children, or any of your, all of your children, I guess. If you've had that privilege, I don't know about you, but, but there's a lot of thought that goes into it. You might do a web search to find out what popular names are uh, um, as well. But there's a lot, I think at times, there's a lot that goes into uh, uh, picking and selecting the the name of your child. And uh, a lot of people will want to honor parents or grandparents or uncles or aunts or important people in their life. Um, All three of our children have middle names that would represent... grandparents, our, our grandfathers, uh, our oldest daughter, Crystal, actually, it's her, her, her middle name is Dawn, but my dad's name was Donald, so we cheated there, and then Pastor Steph sitting over here, I just noticed them sitting here, welcome to church, glad you could make it today, praise God, <laughs> makes me a little nervous about children's ministry right now, <laughs> it's handled, praise the Lord, amen, exactly, it's handled, we have a lot of duct tape, and so, uh, <laughs> I haven't preached for two weeks, so, you know, bear with me this morning. Praise the Lord. Um, And so, uh, our daughter, Steph, Pastor Steph, her middle name is Lee for dad, Shelly's dad, Leroy. And then our third child, Zachary, his middle name is Brian for me. And uh, there you go. And then... (laughs) So, so we, we spend a lot of time, I think most parents spend a lot of time deciding and thinking about names, and I, I, I read this not too long ago. There's a story about a couple that were auctioning off the naming rights to their soon-to-be-born baby boy, as if they were like naming a sports stadium or something like that, and uh, the couple was looking for a corporation to cough up $500,000 or more to permanently brand their child with a brand name. I read that, I was like, you know, it's not that bad of an idea. Except for like if somebody at Lazy Boy was thinking, you know, that might be. (laughs) Or somebody at Kraft Heinz was like, Velveeta, you know, or, you know, can you imagine the wedding? (laughs) I now take you, Kaopectate, to be my, I mean, you know. (laughs) Pillsbury Doughboy. Oh, you want to spend your life making sure your child gets teased, name him Dairy Queen or something like that. And so here, we sometimes tend to think there's not a lot, you know, what's in a name. We don't. We, we tend to think there's not a lot in a name. There's not a lot in words. And yet, I think that this helps us understand that words and names are very, very important. Words and names are very powerful, and, and they they resonate and they mean some things to us. And one couple, one 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 couple, did not have trouble trying to figure out what they were going to name their child. And in Matthew chapter one, verse eighteen. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son. And you, talk about a gender reveal party right there, huh? Wow, I never thought about that. And she shall have a son. And you are to name him Jesus, for he will. Would you say that with me? For he will. Look at the person next to you and say that. For he will. Say it again. For he will. He will. I want that to resonate in your heart this morning. Say it again, for, he will. I think that might be one of the number 1 questions that Christians have, Christians of every maturity level. Will he really? Will he? Does he? Does he really know my name? Does he really care if I exist? Does he really know what I'm going through? Will he really will his ears really be attentive to my prayer? I think that's a huge question. And here the angel of the Lord is talking to Mary and he's saying, for he, or to Joseph, for he will. Not for he might, not maybe, or not if you, you know, not if you, everything is right in your life or you've lived this perfect life. It just says, for he will. And that next word is save. For he will save his people from their sins. All this occurred. To fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son. And they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. I still believe that God's greatest desire is Emmanuel. I believe that God's greatest hope, God's greatest passion, God's greatest motivator, if you will, not that he needs motivation, is the idea of, of Emmanuel. Not necessarily the son Jesus, which it is, but, but it's beyond that. God wants to be with you and he wants to be with me. He wants to dwell among his people. That's always been his heart. And so before we dig into that a little bit, we sometimes ask, well, what's in a name? Joseph and Mary didn't have to worry about what are we going to call him? What are we going to name him? There was a gender revealed by an angel and the power of God was there. And he said, this is the name that he is going to have because of what he is called to do and what he is going to do. And so I want to give you a couple of principles and, and things that we've talked about before that I think really matter. This probably isn't necessarily a Traditional Christmas message, in one sense, I think sometimes the tradition of Christmas has a tendency to eclipse really the power of what happened in the birth of Jesus and really the significance that God placed on it, the the significance of a virgin birth, the significance of the mission that God had for Jesus. But let me give you this principle. I believe that the world operates, the world around us, we operate on a system of words and names. Words and names are very, very, very powerful. They are very important in our lives. The world operates on a system of words and names. We A couple of weeks ago, I, I did a, a, a single message. I, I called when you fall. Not if, but when. The Bible says that when you fall, there is some things to do. And so we talked about that for just a little bit. But, but God is the one who set this system in motion. He's the one who set this, this, this into motion in the world that we live in. This world was created by words, the Bible tells us in Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth had no form. It was void or empty. But the Spirit of God was there. The Holy Spirit was there just like the Holy Spirit is here right now. The Holy Spirit was there hovering over the face of the deep. And then God said, God spoke words. And when God said, God said, let there be light. And the moment he did, light became. And he spoke the worlds into existence. In the book of Psalms, it says that that this entire planet, this entire world operates because of the commands of God. There are a lot of people who are trying to tell you that this world is going to end because of certain things. This world has an assignment, and it will not cease to exist. Man's hand will not stop this world from existing until the assignment that God gave this planet is fulfilled. Don't let fear come into your life. And so, God set up this idea and this system of, of, of words and frames. And I used this illustration a couple of weeks ago. I've used it before. And in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 3, it says, For by faith we understand, by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. The seen things were made of unseen things. The world around us was made by words. And the writer of Hebrews said that the worlds were framed by the things God said. The words that he spoke framed the world. Now, I'll say this again for those of you that were... Uh, here a couple of weeks ago or perhaps have heard this before, just bear with me because every Sunday there's somebody here for the first time. Every Sunday there's people who maybe were here when I said this, they didn't hear (laughs) what it was. And now the Holy Spirit's going to anoint your ears to hear. But depending on your life experience... The word framing might mean different things to you. If you're a carpenter, if, you're, if you've been done any kind of construction, the idea of framing a door, framing a window, framing a wall, that means one thing to you. If you're a camera operator, the idea, or if you're a photographer, the idea of framing means something else. If you're a decorator, the idea of framing means another thing. So the worlds were framed by the word of God. And words and names will frame your world also. I believe this, that your worldview, the way you view the world around you, it is created, it is framed by words. It is framed by names. Things that you have heard, things that you have been taught, things that you have yourself said out loud about you or about other other people, those things frame your world and you view the world through that frame. I've shared with you many times how that as a young boy, my dad said, you were an accident waiting for a place to happen. That framed my world. It's amazing how that little phrase affected me in my entire life. But it framed my world. And so your beliefs, what you believe, your beliefs will create a frame through which you view your world. What you are looking through, what you're looking through Is sometimes more important than what you're looking at. It's the reason that you can flip through news channels and you can hear the same story. You can hear the same reporting. I'll just say a president's speech. You watch one channel on a president's speech and they're like, that was the most horrible thing ever. You watch another channel on the president's speech and it was the greatest thing since sliced bread. Same speech, different frame. Same speech, different frame. It is why there are some people who look through the glass that's half look at the glass half empty and others who look at it full or half full same glass different frame your frame your beliefs frame your world and it affects how you see the world that surrounds you and this becomes very important in your life. This becomes very important. I think, well, I'll just say it this way because that's really what the good news is. It's really what the gospel is designed to do. <clears throat> the gospel is designed to reframe your life. The gospel and the power of the word of God and the revelation that the Holy Spirit wants to bring into your life is to, is to change the frame so that what you're looking at doesn't affect you with fear. It doesn't, it doesn't rob you of your peace or of your joy. And so your beliefs are gonna frame the world that's around you. We often quote Proverbs 1821 that says that life and death is in the power of the tongue, but, but look at this from the message. It says this words kill, words give life. They're either poison or fruit, you choose. Words kill, words give life. <sighs> I think all of us have had moments where somebody said something, and a little part of us died. A little part of us got dinged. A little part of us lost courage. Others of you have had people speak encouraging things into your life. Maybe it was a a teacher or a coach or or it was a a family member or somebody that spoke words that that built you up, that put put courage into your heart and into your life. Words kill and words give life. But I, I like the way that the message says it. They're either poison or they're fruit. You choose. You choose. You choose how much life or power words and names are going to have over you. You choose. And it is the frame, it is the frame through which you are viewing those events or those things that will cause that word to either have more power over you or less power over you. Now, here's why I think that this is important words and names have a great impact in our life. I think that words and names have a far greater impact than sometimes we even realize. I've shared with you often how the idea that words create pictures, words create images, the words you hear create an image that you see. And we don't always connect the dots, but words can create vision, words can encourage, words can create fear, names can bring things into your consciousness and into your thinking that. As I said, either discourage or encourage, they can inspire or they can take the heart right out of you. Words and names. Some words and some names carry more authority or more weight in our life. It's one thing if somebody says you have the flu. It's another thing if somebody says you have cancer. And the frame that we are viewing those words through have a determining effect upon our life, upon our consciousness, upon our peace. Do you agree with me so far? Can you see that so far? Are we kind of tracking the same direction? If your employer says, your job is going away. Now, those are important words, and they have, a, they have weight. Let's not be so negative. What if somebody said to you, you've won the lottery? Yeah, right. I never play it. <laughs> yeah, right. What's the joke? <laughs> I just hope you're a tither. <laughs> The wealth of the sinner eventually finds its way into the hands of the just, is what the Bible says. God gets it to us no matter however it is. But words and names create the frame. Words and names create the frame. Words and names create the frame through which we view life. It is, it is what affects our worldview. So again, what we're looking through is sometimes more important than what we're looking at. For he will. For he will save. For he will saved i said all of that to to read this verse this scripture to you philippians excuse me philippians chapter 2 and verse 9 therefore therefore god exalted him to the highest place this is speaking of jesus after his death burial resurrection what he did in redemption and on the cross therefore god exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name there's a lot of names out there but there's one name only that is above every other name It is more powerful than any other names. It is greater. That's what the passage says, the passion. The passion translation says that that name is the greatest of all names. The name Jesus is not just something that we think we close a prayer with in Jesus' name, amen, or for Jesus' sake, amen, or or whatever it might be, and it's certainly not a curse word. It is the most powerful the most powerful name in all of the universe. The apostle Paul says in verse 10 that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven, on earth, and under the earth. There is nothing that hell can vomit out against you that the name of Jesus is not above. There is nothing that this earth can bring your way that the name of Jesus is not above. The name of Jesus is a name that is above every other name. It is above fear. It is above uh, It is above lack. It is above poverty. It, it, it is above racial strife. It is above every single name that is named. Not only in this world, he goes on to say, verse 11, uh, I'm sorry, verse 11, and every tongue will acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. The name of Jesus is a name It's above every other name. Is it no wonder that the name of Jesus has been limited often to just a cuss word? Or that we've been kind of given a Sunday school attitude about the name of Jesus. Oh, that's, oh, Jesus. No, it is the greatest name. And it's above every other name. The name of Jesus can frame your life. The name of Jesus can frame your life so that what you look at in this life will bring you, you will have authority and power as you view those things. Matthew chapter 1, we read this. I want to read it to you again. Matthew 1, 21. And she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will... Say it again. For he will... For he will save. For he will save, he will save his people from their sins. Our tendency in the church world is often... <laughs> To think of this idea of Jesus and salvation as, as simply, which it is, the forgiveness of our sins. And that when I die, I get to go to heaven. A lot of people think that we get eternal life when we die. No. Eternal life is a nature that you get when you make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. If you wait until you die to get eternal life, you've waited too long. <laughs> it's getting quiet in this Baptist church this morning. <laughs> I hope you're thinking. I hope the wheels are, if that little pain that you're feeling in your head right now, that you're thinking, considering, wondering. He says he will save his people from their sins. That word save in the Greek is the Greek word sozo. Sozo. It doesn't mean just save from sin. The Greek word sozo means saved, it means healed, it means delivered, it means preserved. It means to be well or to do well. It means to keep safe and sound. It means to rescue from danger and destruction. It means to make well, heal, and restore to health. And so when the angel said to Mary and Joseph, you shall call his name Jesus, for he will, not he might, For he will save, he will deliver, he will heal. There is something in that name that brings deliverance, it brings safety, it brings soundness, it brings wholeness, it brings goodness, it brings health, and it brings life. That's the name of Jesus, and that's the power of the name of Jesus, this name that is above every other name. Every other name. And so we see this word in action in in Acts chapter 3. One day. Everybody say one day. Here's Peter and John minding their own business, just going to church. They're going to pray. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Now, a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to to beg from those who were going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. And Peter said, look at us. Look at us. No, that's not what he was saying. Look at us. So the man gave them his attention expecting, expecting to get something from them. Ah, Expectation is so important. You know, there's a difference between desiring to have a child and expecting a child. There's a difference between desiring God to do something in your life and expecting God to do something in your life. Expectation is so important. We live our life too often not expecting God to do anything. Tradition and religion has robbed us from faith. It has robbed us from hope. It has robbed us from those things. We just think that, you know, we're just kind of left to our own devices, and we hope we can muddy through this thing called life as best we possibly can. Here was this man expecting to receive something from Peter and John, and Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have, what I do have, what I do have, I give to you. Peter and John recognized they have something. They've been given a name. They were given a name that was above every other name. Jesus said, go into all the world and in my name you'll cast out devils. You'll, you'll, you'll uh, uh, speak with new tongues. You'll pick up deadly things that won't hurt you. You'll lay your hands on other people. You'll lay your hands on the sick and they shall recover. Jesus gave that commission to Peter and John, to the disciples, and to his church. Merry Christmas, everybody. Because this is the this is This is the good news. And this is the power of what God did on that old holy night. When the angels rejoiced. Verse 6 again, Peter said, Silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Peter and John said, I don't have money, I don't have cash, I don't have silver, I don't have gold, but I do have something that can help you. And it's a name, it's a word. And at that name, Jesus, stand up and walk, and he began to walk. He said, I have a name that is above every other name. And you've been called a name, crippled person. You were the one. That you were laid there every every time that people went to prayer. That's where you were. They were accustomed to seeing you there, and you were called crippled. But I have a name that can change your name. I have a name that can change your existence. I have a name that can change your future. I have a name that can remove the guilt or the shame or the pain that you have felt, the separation that you have felt. You've been called an out outcast, but I have a name that's above outcast and cripple and and shame. I have a name, Jesus, and it is above that name, and it, it was far more than just a person who was healed, and now this person is walking. Man, it opened up everything to this person. It brought freedom into their life, this name, Jesus. And here's, you might disagree with everything I've said this morning. You might be asking a gazillion questions today. What about Here's the truth. All of us in this room this morning have been affected by words and names. Some of you are sitting here, and as a kid, you were called names. You were called fat or ugly or lazy or loser. Some of you were called things far worse that I would never even say publicly and certainly not in church. And those words create a frame. Those words have created a a, a belief system. Those words have limited you. Some of you are here today And do you think... I'm a failure, and I've been called a failure because I failed in business, or I failed in marriage, or I failed in life, or uh, because I haven't attained the things that other people have, then there's something wrong with me, and those words and, and names have created a frame that limits you, but I'm here to tell you this morning, there's a name that's above those names. There's a name that's above loser. There's a name that's above ugly. There's a name that's above shame. There's a name that's above fat. There's a name that is above every other name, and at that name, Jesus, those other names will bow, and it will change your destiny it will change your outlook it will change your everyday life so let it let it so here's peter and john he said we ain't got nothing but this name and it changed a person's life and so here's this guy, man. He's healed, and he's jumping, and he's shouting, he's praising. God, woo-hoo! He, they all go into church. Can you imagine the disruption that happened in that church service? As this guy comes in, woo-hoo! Jumping and dancing. It's like, settle John. You can't do that in church. Got to be holy and quiet. This is a sanctuary. And then he gets to look at it. Wait a 2nd Isn't the guy that's always been laying down by the door? I just gave him some money a little while ago. Hey, I want my money back. You are faking it. <laughs> no, none of that happened. That's Pastor Brian's expanded, caffeinated version this morning of the Bible. <laughs> Verse 12. So whole uproar happens, and everybody's looking at Peter and John, because the guy said, hey, these, they, they didn't give me any money, but they gave me my legs back. I'm able to walk now. and I'm excited. Ooh, and I want to praise God. Hallelujah and all that other stuff. <laughs> And so the people looked at Peter and John and said, wow, you guys must be really holy. You must be really special. You must be really powerful. There's something about you that, 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 boy, we don't have it. And, and, And so they began to almost worship Peter. And John, verse 12 says this. When Peter saw this, he said to them, fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you that a lame man walks? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness we had made this man to walk? He said, it's not because we're special and it's not because we're powerful. It's not because of something that we have done to attain to this great stature where we're now, we are miracle workers. In verse 16, he gave them the reason and the answer. Verse 16 says, It was by faith in the name of Jesus that this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and faith that comes through him that has completely healed him as you can all see. It wasn't the specialness of Peter and John. It wasn't because they were disciples. It wasn't because they were close followers of Jesus. It was because of the name of Jesus and faith. In the name of Jesus, that the man received strength and health to walk. It was Jesus' name and faith in the name of Jesus that changed the man's name from cripple to healed. Changed his shame. Changed everything about him. And that same name, Jesus, is available to you and me to break open prison doors, to loose chains that words and names have created in our life. Words paint pictures. Words create images. Words create vision. And you need to get under the sound of the word of God because that's what transforms. That's what changes the vision, changes the image, and changes really the trajectory of the path that we walk. In Acts chapter 4 and verse 12, after the disciples were called on the carpet by the religious leaders and and accused of all kinds of different things. They don't be speaking anymore in that name because they were like, How did this guy walk? Well, it was the name Jesus. We spoke the name of Jesus. Actually, Peter said, It was Jesus whom you killed, who you crucified. It was through that name. And, you know, that's that's not how you win friends and influence others. <laughs> that's not the way. That's not your opening line. But Peter, full of boldness. And that's what they recognize later on. Like, These are just ignorant, unlearned fishermen. They, they're stupid. But you know what? Something about being with Jesus changed them. And guess what? Something about being with Jesus will change you see, he wants to be Emmanuel. He wants to be God with you. Not just God with you on a Sunday morning in church when you happen to be here. Not when you're online just watching. God wants to be with you on Tuesday afternoon. And I'll just say this way, he is with you. You may not feel it. You may not sense it. You may not believe it. But he said, hey, I'll never leave you. And I will never forsake you. He is always here. He is always with you. He is always with you. Always with you. Always with you. For he will. He will. Always. Be with you. Acts 4.12 says that salvation is found in no one else. For there's no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be sozo. Saved. No other name given among men whereby we can be healed. No other name given among men whereby we can have peace. No other name given among men whereby we can have soundness and safety and protection. There's no other name but that name Jesus. You might look for it in a lot of different places, but it's found in the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus, the name of the Lord is a strong tower that the righteous run into, and they are safe. It's the name. It's the name. It's the name above every other name. I... Uh, I want to share something with you, <clears throat> part of the reason I'm kind of passionate about the name of Jesus. Um, you may or may not know, and I don't, I'm not embarrassed by this, it just happened. Uh, I'm going to take the non-Christmas side for a moment. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, over, over Halloween weekend, October 31st, uh, we had, had Shelly and I had the distinct privilege and honor of getting COVID. <laughs> Many of you have as well. And uh, not embarrassed by that necessarily, Uh, I believe that it's not a death sentence, although there have been those that have died. Uh, Don't mean to, and and, and I want to say this cautiously and carefully because I know there's very strong opinions, trust me, I've heard them. (laughs) (laughs) I've heard them. I believe that COVID is real, but I don't believe it's a death sentence even though people have died. Roughly 98.5% of the people that get COVID survive. We know statistically a lot more than we did a year and a half ago. Over the age of 70, pretty high. Over the age of 80, it's even higher. If you're obese, lose weight. <laughs> I know that's hard words. But, but that category, those categories are very susceptible to COVID. So apparently, we, I'll just speak for me, I was obese apparently. But anyway, got COVID. My symptoms showed up on a Wednesday night before Halloween. Shelly is an early starter. Hers showed up on Tuesday. I blame the woman. So anyway. <laughs> Ouch, no, it wasn't. <laughs> actually, we have no idea. It, we, we don't know exactly where it came. Well, it came from the devil, to be totally honest with you. But, but anyway. Uh, uh, <laughs> so Wednesday night, I started getting, actually Wednesday afternoon, I started getting some symptoms. I like, oh, I don't feel very good. Thursday, I was in bed all day. Friday. Actually, you want to know the real truth? I'm a two-time survivor of COVID. I got COVID before it was popular, March of 2020. I didn't, I didn't get tested because there weren't any testing, but I later realized I had lost my sense of taste, heard that that was a symptom. When I got COVID and confirmed that it was COVID the second time, can you believe that? Pastor Brian gets COVID twice. What the heck? <sighs> Some of you aren't praying hard enough for me, apparently. Now nah, I don't blame the woman. I blame my congregation. I <laughs> nah, just messing. So... Uh, same symptoms, same feeling. Friday morning, woke up, I had a Zoom call with some other pastors. I kind of felt better. I thought, okay, because the first time I had COVID, it was about two days of pain, of misery, really, just feeling sick. And uh, it was right before we we got locked down and locked out. But anyway, uh, that was the first time. And so I was... uh, thinking, all right, well, we got this thing beat, you know, feeling pretty good, Friday night, eh, lot better. I called Saturday and Sunday, zombie days, uh, just didn't really, all I really wanted to do, and some of you that have COVID can identify with this, I just wanted to lay down. That's all I wanted to do, I just wanted to lay, I, it was a beautiful day on Saturday afternoon, sun was out, I'm sitting on the back deck, and I'm just enjoying sunshine, but I kept looking at the deck thinking, I just wanna lay down, I just, so I did, I laid down, and then I thought, you know, if Shelly comes out here, she's gonna think I died, So I texted Shelley. I said, hey, I'm laying down on the deck. Don't worry. (laughs) Sunday, couldn't come to church. Obviously, watched online. That was uh, the Youth Sunday. Great job. Youth, student ministry team. Great job. Uh, Appreciated all of that. And uh, still kind of felt like a zombie. Didn't feel good. Sunday night, trying to watch Sunday night football. I felt terrible. Monday, I woke up. Didn't feel much better. Monday night, this is where I'm trying to get to. Monday night, man. I felt horrible. I felt worse than I have felt in a long time. The worst sick I've ever been is strep throat. I used to get that all the time, just for comparison's sake. And so I, I, I felt horrible. I felt terrible, and, and I went to bed. Didn't feel very good. And as I'm laying in bed, I, I just I started thinking, and I started just kind of checking my body, and I realized that as I was breathing, it was like I was breathing, but I wasn't getting oxygen. And, I, and then, you know. The mind is designed to help you arrive at a conclusion. And the enemy began to transfer some thinking. Some thoughts began to get whispered into my head. You're getting in trouble. You can't breathe. COVID is attacking your lungs in such a way that you're going to end up in the hospital. You might end up on a ventilator. You could die like the pastor that you know in Wisconsin. All those thoughts were racing through my head. And I began to frame my outlook Around those thoughts, man, I could die. I could. Should I? Should I get up? Should I go to the hospital? Should I do something? And things began to come into my frame. Things began to, began to move around. And 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 I be. I, I tell you what, mind is incredible when it's given thoughts to work with. Amen. There were all kinds of scenarios I didn't even want to talk about that were going on. And it took me a little while. I blame COVID. But I was like, wait a second. I know that voice. That's not the voice of God. That's not God and his word. You see, faith faith will create the frame through which you view life, but faith also will let you know And it will help you. It will determine, no, you can't come into my frame. You can't come into my thinking. And I began to say, in the name of Jesus, fear your name. And you will bow your knee to the name of Jesus. I will not succumb to this thing. In the name of Jesus, I believe right now that that my breathing and my function, all of my lungs and everything else, fear your name that has to go. And I'd love to tell you, because I did, I fell asleep shortly after that, and I'd love to tell you that Tuesday morning I woke up and the sky was blue and the birds were singing, and I felt great. You know what? I didn't. I felt a little better. But I began to thank God. And that began to change my frame. That began to change the way that I looked at things. And so we've been given a name that's above every other name. There's no other name that's given among men whereby we can be saved or healed or delivered. Or set free. I'm going to ask you to stand with me this morning. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Would you just lift your hands for just a moment. Because that name of Jesus. Oh, it is the most powerful name. There's no other name that's given among men. And it is here right now. He is here right now. And so, Father, we submit and surrender every care of our life, every worry of our life. We surrender our future to you. We surrender all all of that to that name, Jesus. And, Father, every name that the adversary would bring, every word that the adversary would bring, in the name of Jesus, we demand and command that it leave our framework, that it leave our thinking. And Father we believe that it is your word that replaces. It is your word that restores. It is your word that brings vision and brings life. Oh, Father, we worship you and we thank you. We worship you and we thank you. With your heads bowed and with your eyes closed, if you're here today, there's no other name that's given among men whereby we can be saved. It is that name Jesus that opens up the door to salvation, what we call the new birth. Because Jesus said, it's impossible for you to get to heaven without being born again. You must be born again. The way that you're born again, refathered from above, is through that name Jesus. The Apostle Paul said that if we believe in our heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, we'd be saved. And so with your heads bowed and with your eyes closed, if you're here today and you've never asked Jesus to be your Lord and your Savior, I would love the opportunity to pray with you. Would you just simply lift up your hand I want to lead you in a very simple prayer If you're saying today I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life Would you just hold your hand up real high Anyone at all Thank you Thank you Yes Yes sir Thank you Anyone else this morning Let's all pray this prayer Heavenly Father I thank you For the name of Jesus I thank you that Jesus died for me And that he rose again And he's now seated next to you And he's interceding for me. I believe, Jesus, you're alive. I declare today, you're my Lord. I surrender my way to your way. I give you my life in Jesus' name. Now, Father, I thank you for these that have prayed this prayer. I thank you for your power in their life. I thank you that you are beginning a good work in them and you will complete it in them in the name of Jesus. And so, Father, I thank you. And Lord, I thank you for this congregation and that, Father, we leave this place equipped with a name that's above every other name. And so, Father, I pray that our faith would grow strong in that name and that, Father, we would be unafraid and unashamed to pray in that name, to to rebuke the enemy in that name and to live our life under the power of that name. In the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Well, God bless you. Have an awesome week, and we get to see you next Sunday. Amen. God's good. Praise the Lord.